makes a man unclean, or these are what defiles a man. That's why it's important that we not only monitor our behavior, but that more important, we monitor what's inside our heart. Now, today we're on week six, greed. And our key verse comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 15, where Jesus says these words, Watch out. Be on your guard for all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Well, I'm sure that because of the panic of the pandemic, that when it first started, many of you started to accumulate more toilet paper than you needed. And as a result of the greed, we walked into supermarkets, shopping stores, to bare shelves because everybody was stockpiling toilet paper because of fear and afraid that they were going to run out. So greed caused you to stockpile more than you really needed. And it may not just be toilet paper. It may be shoes. It may be wealth, money, land, or other material possessions that you stock up on. But greed is not just about money or material possessions. Greed can also include time, talents, attention, approval, love. How many of us are greedy with our love? Power, control, being right all the time, being in charge. Greed can include a thousand other things. And ultimately, though, greed is not about these things. Greed is just a symptom of something deeper down inside. Greed is all about the inherent sinful nature we received. Greed, literally, is all about selfishness. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever found yourself buying new stuff to organize and contain old stuff that you would have room for more stuff? (laughs) Have you ever come home from work with a nice box that the company was going to throw out, with mind of, boy, this is a nice box that I'll be able to store stuff. Do you know container stores 
Storage businesses love this thinking. I remember sitting down, figuring out someone's finances one time, and they, they paid rent to a storage unit. And I said, well, how long have you paid rent to the storage unit? They go, well, we've had the storage unit for about two years. I go, what's in it? And they start naming some of the stuff that's in there. And I'm starting to do the calculation. I'm saying, do you realize that the stuff in there is not even worth how much you have paid for it over the two years? But yet, there's something in our minds that we just have to hold on to. Have you ever been so envious of someone? So wishful thinking of someone else's life that you were unable and unwilling to celebrate with their successes or their abilities or their good fortune. You look at them and you say to yourself, but what about me? How come it's not me? How come these things don't happen to me? Why isn't it me? Watch out, be on your guard for greed. Has your grammar, has your grammar in life ever been predominantly the first person singular pronoun that every other word out of your mouth was I I want, I need, I did, I hope, I achieved, I accomplished, I will, I, 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 watch out, be on your guard against greed. And have you ever found yourself buying something just because you were unhappy or sad or depressed? And you thought that buying something would make you feel better and give you the new life that you really wish you had, but you don't? Watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. If any of this sounds familiar, if you can answer yes to any of those questions, or even if you can identify with what I'm saying, you might know something about greed in your own life. And I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to criticize. I'm just here because all of us somehow can identify in some way with the guy who built a bigger barn. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is amongst the crowd and Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Who appointed me to be judge or the arbitrator between you and your brother? And that's when Jesus said, Watch out. Be on your guard for all kinds of greed. A man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then Jesus went on to tell a parable about a certain rich farmer who had a great crop. And when he harvested, he realized that he didn't have room to store all the crop. 
So his thinking was, let me tear down this barn. Let me build a bigger barn so I can store all this crop that I can take it easy. I can eat, sleep, and be merry with no more worries. And when Jesus got done telling that parable, what did God call this man? A fool. Because his very life would be taken that night. And then who would get all of his possessions? Now, when you think about that parable, it raises some questions. I don't know about you, but it raises some questions with me. Questions of such like, isn't this all about the American dream? Isn't life about accumulating wealth, investing so that someday we can retire and have it good. To quote someone in our church, Pastor, the golden years aren't so golden. (laughs) What's wrong with saving? Nothing. In fact, the Bible praises it. What's wrong with wealth? Nothing. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, we see God blessing those whom he loved with wealth. So what's the issue? What's the issue here? The issue is Jesus saw a greed in this man's life. A greed for more where his possessions owned him. Instead of him being a steward of what God had given to him, his possessions began to own him instead of being a steward of what God had given him. And this is where Jesus said, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up for himself but is not rich Towards God. So, in thinking about this parable, in looking at the words of Jesus, I asked myself this question What is greed? And I came up with greed is an insatiable desire. In other words, Gatorade cannot quench its thirst. Greed is an insatiable, it can't be quenched desire to have more money, more possessions for self-gratification while ignoring God. What did this rich farmer do? Wanted to build a bigger barn so everybody could see how great his crop was. Now, did you know that greed can show up in a miser? A miser may only spend money on his basic needs, but be so greedy that when there's needs otherwhere, he won't share with others. As well as greed can show up in a 
bloated credit card balances where you just keep buying and buying and buying because never is enough. So I went to Webster's to see how close, what is greed? Webster's defines greed as excessive. We all know excessive. Reprehensible acquisitiveness. That's hoarding, a big word for hoarding. Reprehensible, shameful, wrong, unacceptable. And what I found interesting is that the synonym for greed is covetous. Marked by an inordinate desire, an unhealthy desire for wealth or possessions or for another possessions. Now, the problem with all these terms are subjective. You may say, well, I'm not excessive. I'm not reprehensible. I'm not inordinate in my desire, unreasonable in my desires. I just want a little more. And the question is, how much is enough? How much is enough? Do you know that question was asked to John D. Rockefeller? When John D. Rockefeller, when his net worth represented 1% of the entire U.S. economy, when John Rockefeller was asked that question, how much is enough? Do you know what he said? Just a little more. Just a little more. They say that the average roll of toilet paper lasts one week in a normal household. Do you know that we have before us over one year's worth of supply of toilet paper for the normal household right here? How much is enough? A rich businessman was walking down to his yacht. And he was walking out to it. He saw a fisherman just leisurely laying alongside his fishing boat. 11 o'clock in the morning. And as a rich fisherman, as a rich businessman walked by, he, he asked the fisherman, Hey, how come you're not out catching fish? The fisherman said, I've caught enough for today. The businessman looked at him. He says, well, why don't you go out and catch more? Because if you catch more, you can have more money. If you have more money, maybe you'll be able to buy a motor for your boat, which takes you out further to catch more fish. And if you catch more fish, then you'll have more money to buy nylon nets. And if you buy nylon nets, you'll catch more fish well, you'll be able to have another boat or two. Or maybe you'll have a fleet of boats. And then you'll be rich like me. And this fisherman said, then what would I do then? And this rich man said, then you'll be able to enjoy life. And the fisherman just laying by his boat says, and isn't that what I'm doing now? 
How much is enough? There's a story in the book of Genesis. When God called Abraham to go to a land that God would show him. And we realized how Abraham, we see how Abraham obeyed that command and he went. He left his family. But the Bible says he took his nephew, Lot. And as they went, God blessed he and Lot's nephew with more animals, more livestock, more goods, to the point where the land couldn't contain both Abraham's livestock and Lot's livestock, where the herdsmen start to quarrel, and Abraham said these words, Lot, it's not good that our guys are quarreling. I think we need to part Greed is often the downfall of godly people. Let's go back into the evangelist wars back in the 80s, remember? (laughs) Now Abraham told Lot, here's the land before us. You choose. But if you really know the story really well there, who was Lot? Abraham's nephew. Who's the elder? Abram. And as far as our knowledge goes in the history back then, you always defer to the elder. Lot should have said, no, you pick first and then I'll go. Now, we also realize that in 2 Peter 4, chapter 2, verse 7, that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter writes that Lot was a godly man. Remember that? Lot was a godly man. But I believe at this point, when Lot was given the choice to go first, he should have deferred to his elder, But I believe as he looked out on the plains and he saw that the Jordan was well watered and the garden, like the garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt towards Zor, when he saw all that, Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and the two set out east. The two men parted company. And, of course, Abram got the hill country, Canaan. Now, here's something a little interesting. When Abram went to his country, do you know what the first thing he did? He built an altar. He recognized that he was a steward of the possessions that God had given to him. And was thankful for it. Anybody know what Lot did? Sometimes good people 
make bad choices. Sometimes good people make bad choices. Abram lived in the land of Canaan. There and built an altar. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. How does greed become a downfall? Greed can blind us to the commands of God. Greed can distort our thinking. Greed can start justifying in our minds why we need to do what we want to do and why we need what we want to have, even though it may not be necessarily in God's best interest for us. Greed can blind us to God's will. Greed can make us act irrational. And all of a sudden, we're acting on selfishness instead of seeking God's will. Isn't this what happened to a man by the name of Demas? Remember when Paul, who was mentoring Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly because Demas, for Demas, because he loved the world, because he desired the world, because there's this selfishness for the world, he deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Greed is often the downfall of many godly people. I thank God for your heart and your heart of giving. Pastor Matt said we had a great July in missions giving. I don't know if anybody really knows how great. But our missions pledge each month is right around $8,000, a little less than $8,000. This past July, last month, we brought in 170% of our missions pledge, which means we brought in $13,500. That's a surplus of $5,500. Added on to the other surplus we had in missions, we're we're almost up to $10,000, a little over $10,000 in mission surplus. Do you know what greed says? Hold on to the surplus because you may need it someday. But my attitude is people give to missions not to have their money stay in the bank, but to meet a need. And there... This past Wednesday, I was down at the network office talking to Fabian. And remember how we built a well last year for $10,000? I'm getting ready to propose to the board that we take our mission surplus because it doesn't do any good in the bank when there's people in need of fresh water in Africa. 
And let's build another well. Amen? Greed is a danger that can guide you to greater sins. Now, in chapter 13, verse 11, we read how Lot went to the plains. Then the next verse, in verse 12, he set his tent towards Sodom. In verse chapter 14 of Genesis, verse 12, we find Lot now living in Sodom. And then when we get to the 19th verse, the two angels arrived at Sodom to warn Where is Lot? He was sitting in the gateway of the city. Do you know what that means? That he rose to a position of leadership. In that dangerous city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Greed is dangerous. That can lead us to worse decisions. Lead us into greater sin. That's why Jesus says, guard yourself against greed. If you look in Isaiah, where it gives the fall of Satan, what does Satan say to himself? I will ascend. I will sit. I will become like God. And what happened in the garden? Eve saw the fruit, and it was pleasing to her eye, And she knew that if she ate of it, she could become like God and gain wisdom. Greed is often the danger that can lead even to greater sin. And greed, the object of your greed, will be destroyed. Remember the angels told Sodom, Lot, you got to get out. The Lord's going to destroy. His two almost-to-be son-in-laws didn't believe him. They thought he was joking. So Lot gets his two daughters and his wife. And as they're leaving, the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. And everything that Lot had accumulated was gone. His wife looks back. And turns into a pillar of salt. My former pastor used to say this all the time. In fact, I I used to get so tired of it, I I didn't like it. But I'm going to find myself saying it. I have never seen a U-Haul in a funeral possession because you can't take it with you. It was the downfall of Judas. It was the downfall of Lot. It was the downfall of Demas. I want, I need. Remember in Mark chapter 10? A young, rich ruler comes to Jesus. 
And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And good teacher, and Jesus said, why do you call me good teacher? And he gives him some of the commandments. And the man says, I've kept all these commandments. And then Jesus says, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you own. Give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. And you know what the scripture says? That at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth that he couldn't depart with. Years later, as Paul was mentoring Timothy, Paul says these words. Now, please note it doesn't say for money. It doesn't say for money, but it says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So, pastor, what's the answer? But you, man of God, Paul says to Timothy, but you, man of God. Flee from all this. Resist the temptation for more. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That's what you can take with you to heaven. I thank you for being such a gracious congregation. Such a giving congregation. And I don't preach on greed because we're not doing well. In fact, just the opposite. July, in the midst of a pandemic, has been a phenomenal month financially. But sometimes we need to what? Be on our guard and watch out. May we Continue to be rich towards God. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord. Father, I this week saw so much in the Bible concerning greed, and we just started to scratch the surface. But Lord, may we all be on guard as we want to monitor our hearts. Because what's in our heart is that which comes out. And God, may we continually have a generous heart, a generous attitude, a giving heart. May we watch out and guard ourselves that we don't fall into temptation of more, more, more. but may it be more to give, give, give. Not only of our resources, but of our talents, our time, our love, our ability. And Lord, may we pursue your godly traits that truly what's inside will flow from us. In Jesus' name, amen.